Hello, and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dialogues in Dermatology. My name is McCartney Wellborn, and I am a dermatology resident from the University of Florida College of Medicine. Today's topic centers around thriving and chaos, strategies to get control of your time and your life. In this episode, I'm honored to be joined by Dr. Carrie Wannett and Dr. Kanya Ferguson, who will help guide us through this topic. Carrie is an Associate Professor of Dermatology and Dermatopathology, as well as Residency Program Director at the Medical College of Wisconsin. She completed her Dermatology Residency and Dermatopathology Fellowship at the University of Pennsylvania and also has a Certificate in Tropical Medicine, which she completed in Lima, Peru. Kanya is an Associate Professor of Dermatology and Cosmetic Surgery at the University of Iowa Healthcare. She completed both of her Dermatology Residency as well as her most Fellowship there, as well. She practices most surgery, but also has a general dermatology clinic where she is focused on the care of skin of color patients. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie and Kanya. We are honored to have you and thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to sit down with us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Can you share with the audience a little bit about yourselves, what your weekly clinic life is like, work life, responsibilities outside of clinic, whether or not you have families, significant others, things like this? Well, I am currently in a thriving dermatology and dermatopathology practice where I split between doing clinical dermatology, supervising residents in many of those clinics, as well as doing dermatopathology two days a week. I also serve as the consult director for our inpatient consults here at Medical College of Wisconsin. I really love what I do. And so that interplay of different specialties and practices is really enjoyable to me. In addition, I'm married and have three young children. I have a five-year-old boy and three-year-old twins, all boys as well. And so certainly both in my work life and personal life, things are a little bit crazy at multiple times. And sometimes we don't know which way is up in both of those areas. I am at the University of Iowa Healthcare, where I primarily practice as a Mohs surgeon. With staffing changes over the last year with COVID, I am doing a lot of Mohs. So I do four days a week, and then I have a half day of general dermatology clinic. I'm also very pleased to work within our graduate medical education office on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives as the director of DEI in that office. I have two young kids, they're six and almost four, and then we thought that our life was not crazy enough. So we got a COVID puppy. So now we have a Black Labrador in the mix. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Can you both tell us how you got interested in this topic? Was there a particular life event or time in your career where you felt your life was true chaos? Carrie, can you get us started with that? I think uh, the chaos in my life has always been present. In fact, I sort of call myself like the wanted tornado at different periods of my life. But I think everything really started to come together um, at the year that I moved from University of Iowa to Medical College of Wisconsin, which was followed six months later of having twin boys, which was followed three months later by having one of my partners uh, leave practice, and then followed another six months later by COVID. And I feel like all of those life changes at once, as well as with a growing family and growing responsibility with an academic practice really had caused chaos would probably be the best word. And basically at that point, it was surviving chaos and not coming any close to thriving. 
Yeah, I would say for me, Pretty Summer was right after I had my second child. And I think very quickly realized that I had to do the same amount of work, if not more, in a less period of time. And so I, I think I really became interested in this topic because I felt like I was at a point where, you know, I really was overwhelmed with everything that I had to do and didn't really have a good organizational, you know, kind of tools in, in order to manage it. In our institution, we have Dr. Susan Johnson, who does a lot of kind of our time management, task management, education for faculty. And so had the opportunity to do some one-on-one coaching. And it was really through some of her work that we cite throughout our, our presentation that was really helpful in, in bringing this in a very stepwise fashion to really tangible tools to, to trying to control the chaos. Definitely. I think all practicing dermatologists and dermatology residents can relate to having stressful times or constant stress in their lives. So can you guys start to go over um, some of the tips and tools that one can use to try and take control of the chaos and even thrive in it in these time periods? And if we could start with Kanye, that would be great. Yeah, you know, I think as part of our presentation, we kind of talk about where to start, right? You have an, just an incredible amount of, of work. And I think when we talk about thriving in chaos, that I think really that things kind of ebb and flow, right? That, you know, sometimes you feel good about things. Okay, I feel like I'm keeping up on things. And then just some life or work disaster happens and, and really, I think, derails derails you. So a lot of our tips are, you know, just, you know, kind of where to start, right? So, you know, starting from very basic things like working, you know, from a clear space, just keeping track of your time commitments, planning by the week and really doing it now, right? Setting a timer, removing distractions and, you know, either taking notes or having just a central place to to really put this together. So as you're synthesizing and and really trying to, you know, start at a place for for organizing this further, it's just, you know, kind of just having that as a stepwise fashion. And Carrie talks a lot about, you know, kind of taking a breath and pausing and, and really, you know, kind of evaluating what you have. And to piggyback off that, a lot of what Susan Johnson talks about is code O, right? So in this period of chaos, we have code O, which is feeling overwhelmed. And we all are really good at taking care of our patients and resuscitating patients who are in a state of anarchy. And now we really want to focus more on ourselves and resuscitating ourselves from the code O or overwhelm. And as Kanya mentioned, basically, a lot of the things that we want to do, the very, very first steps are basically stop and take a deep breath. Because when you're in that feeling of overwhelmedness and out of control, you want to just pause and breathe. Then the second step is really, instead of trying to go faster, trying to get through things, you actually want to actually slow down and think about the things that you have to accomplish. And even just trying to accomplish the smallest tasks, like as Tanya mentioned, like clearing off your desk, you may feel like a new sense of purpose in your life and sort of being able to reset and sort of moving forward. And really then from those resuscitation, implementing the strategies, as Tanya mentioned, to be sort of ready, relaxed and resilient going forward can really reset your stage and get you back to the thriving that you wanted to be at. Awesome. I know you guys kind of both mentioned staying organized in the long term and even on a weekly basis. So can you guys go over how you both stay organized and keep track of the tasks that need to be done on a a daily basis? Yes, I think the staying organized on a daily, weekly, monthly basis uh, requires intention and thought and purpose behind it. I've gone through a couple of different task managers and strategies, but one of the very first thing that Susan Johnson mentions is just making a list of everything you have to do, both in your personal life, your professional life, and making that list and sort of then categorizing that list of things that must be done. So these are sort of non-negotiables versus are really important to be done, are important to be 
done, but can wait for a period of time. And then that category of our, are they really important and do I really need to do that? My personal strategy is to start on a weekly basis and take a look at my week ahead and see which days are busier, which days do I have certain things planned, what do I need to do to prepare for those functions coming up, those meetings, those deadlines, things like that. And then I also look at a monthly time frame. So I know that I have a presentation in month and I have a reminder for me to work on that or actually scheduled for a certain block of time to be able to accomplish that. And then certainly looking at the year-long schedule to know what the big things that are coming and sort of always having that on the radar. And so I sort of live and die by my calendar that I also share with my husband. So I know what sort of personal obligations that we have or share successfully most of the time with him. So we know about personal obligations and how those sort of fit in. And then really try to be intentional about scheduling time to do things. And that includes even scheduling time to work on emails, to work with the Epic Inbox and to accomplish the things that need to be done. And then in addition, I think it also is really important to schedule time for personal things. And I know Kanye will talk more about that, but first thing I do in the morning when I get up is I work out. I try not to look at any of my other things so that I have that designated time, which is really important to me. And then everything else can usually wait. Otherwise that the activities I have will sort of chew into that, that personal time. Yeah, and I think to um, you know, add a little bit more from that master list, as Carrie had mentioned, then you plan by the week. And then you take that further and plan by the day, you know, kind of what can I get done today? And I think one of the, the pitfalls that I've run into is, you know, I, I have this very ambitious long daily list and maybe can get through, you know, two or three times with the with the time that I have in, in the in the day. And, and I think that's also very crushing as well, too. And, and again, you continue to get behind. Um, so one thing I think is helpful is actually creating a time map. And just thinking about your time map as, you know, kind of having your, your weeks Monday through your days Monday through Sunday, starting at 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. and really mapping out where your priorities are, right? So for me, I'll map out when I have surgery, when I have clinic, when I'm going to work out, when I'm going to spend time with my family. And I think that helps you, you know, in creating this time map, really seeing, you know, do your priorities lie with, you know, where you're spending time throughout your week. And then within that time map, you find your time blocks where you have time to get your, your tasks done. And so then you can make very realistic daily lists based on the time that you have and then able to check the box off on that. And I think, you know, with what was great during our session, we talked about, you know, different places where to keep our, like whether your master list and then your weekly and, and daily to-do list. It was great to hear that there's a lot of different platforms from paper, notebook to more reusable things like Rocketbook, but then a whole bunch of online platforms from Todoist to Trello to Things to someone who had talked about Fantastical, um, OneNote and, and so forth. And I think what we've really found is that the best task management tool is the one that you use consistently and the one that you'll continue to add things to your master list that you'll continue to check things off and, and look at on a, on a daily basis. Awesome. Those are all really excellent tips. One of the things you guys briefly mentioned, but maybe one of you could go into a little bit more is when you have those larger projects. So it's, you know, easy when you have like a short task, that's a few minutes and you can just knock that right out. But can you guys just go a little bit more into detail when you have a larger project? Are you putting away big chunks of time? Do you find yourself more using little moments of time everywhere to kind of try and put it all together? And Carrie, if you can take that away, that'd be great. Yeah, I wish a previous life, pre-kids, pre-more responsibilities, I could just sit down for a day and knock out big projects and that's no longer the reality. And so now I try to take 
the bigger projects and divide it into smaller chunks and taking those smaller chunks that are really doable, right? So maybe the first chunk is doing a PubMed blitz search and that's going to take me 15 minutes. And I try to do that. And I think a great tip is trying to do that before checking email or trying to do that before logging into your Epic inbox or EMR or doing that before you have something else. Because if you don't do that immediately, then you'll sort of go down the rabbit hole of inbox messages, both in the Outlook or in the, you know, your EMR. And then basically taking that big project and really chunking out like 10 to 15 minute, 30 minute chunks of what you're going to do. And even if it's right in one paragraph and doing that. And by doing that on a regular basis, I, I find that I can accomplish a lot more than when I had a big chunk of time, you know, because I get distracted or working on other things and trying to continue to use those small chunks and schedule those throughout my week has been a beneficial change. And I think Kanya also had taught me a skill, which maybe I'll, I'll take away is that basically before you leave at the end of the day, open up what you're going to work on for that, the very first thing that you do in the morning. So the first thing you see when you turn on your computer, you go back to your computer is that task as opposed to your email or Epic inbox. And that way, you know, where you're going to start, you know, okay, I'm going to do this paragraph. I'm going to do this PubMed search. I'm going to write these emails for my collaborators, X, Y, or Z. And then you can sort of get going right away in the morning. Yeah, I echo that. That's just so incredibly important. And I, I would say that, you know, I, I think if you don't bring it up into little tasks and it becomes this big task that in your mind, okay, I need three to four hours to complete this. And guess what? You'll never have that, that chunk of time. So it isn't, I, I agree, important to break it up into, into chunks and, and doable uh, tasks. Great. Thank you so much for that advice. So something that we've talked a lot about is email in our conversation so far. And I think it's one of the biggest burdens that we all struggle with. Some of us are great about it. Some of us have hundreds or thousands of unread email. Do you guys have any strategies or approaches to, to your email and things you do to keep it under control? So one thing I, I think, depending on what email platform that you use, actually understand how to use your email, understand the shortcuts and the tips and the tricks so that when you do have the time to go through email, that you're as efficient as possible. There's some main things that we kind of talk about in our talk is that set up your environment so that it's ideal. So you're not getting alerts and messages and you're not being dinged every time a new message comes in because that's another distractor. I think creating things like automatic signature blocks so that you're not typing in the same thing every single time with your emails, optimizing your views. So you're seeing as much as you can at, at, in just one screen. So you're not having to toggle back and forth between your calendar and your, your main email, making sure that you're keeping with just some good rules of composition, right? Trying to keep your emails pretty clear and brief, be very informative in your, your subject line. And if you're needing to scroll down in the email, your email is too long. And then other tips and tricks that I think are, are based on kind of how to, when you use email, um, such as Outlook that we use at our institution. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is creating folders and having efficient folders so that it's easy to drop information emails into and that are easily accessible for finding emails later. I don't know, Carrie, you may have a, a few things that you want to jump on and talk about. I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Kanya said. And I think touching email once is really important as well. So I think I have been in the habit in the past of like sort of casually looking at email and then making it read, unread and back and forth. And that rate creates a lot of unnecessarily time. And so really being thoughtful about when am I going to work on email? When I work on email, can I address it right away? Do I move it to a project status? Or is this something that's going to take more time? And so I'm going to reschedule that to 
work on tomorrow when I have more time to reply to my collaborator to X, Y, or Z about things. But things that you don't need to sort of do if you find that you're always deleting an email when it comes in, pausing and taking some time to unsubscribe from that or put it to your junk mail folder or actually have it be an automatic rule where it goes to some folder. So if you never read your journal articles as they're being sent to you in that immediate time, put them to a folder so you know where they are and you can go there when you need to access them. But touch email one time can be really beneficial. Awesome. Great. I definitely need to work on that. It's definitely a skill. So diverting topics a little bit. I know a lot of us have kids, are planning to have kids, hope to have kids soon. Do you guys have any advice on people that have families and are wanting to more manage their work and their family life balance? I think with anything, when we're, we're talking about time management and task management, that these all have to become habits, right? And I think if you develop these habits early, then you can use your time very efficiently and, and you know, kind of use the time that you have. So you can really prioritize that, that life balance of your family and your work. And so that would be my main piece of advice is getting into these habits early. And I think don't be hard on yourself, right? There's so many times where things are going great and something critical happens, the kid gets sick, or I have to cover clinic or so forth. And so just being kind with yourself that you know, you are going to get behind you are sometimes going to run into pitfalls, and you always just catch back up, especially if you have these habits ingrained. And Kanya, I really loved what you said, being gentle with yourself. You know, I think we all are in a profession where we've had achieved perfection and things like that and not writing the perfectly written email and being gentle if you don't accomplish everything on your list, you know, because those lists will still be there tomorrow. Right. And so I think just continuing to go through the process and being resilient and maintaining a a positive, happy attitude and remembering why we are doing what we're doing, I think can go a long way. And then I think the last thing I would say about that is too, is that I think I call it work-life imbalance because I think it's more integration than a balance of that. And I think depending on where you are in your stage of your life, you know, I try to leave work really early to get home to spend time with my kids. That means I do a little bit more work at night after they go to sleep. Also preserving some time for my spouse, but you know, that now is a different priority for me than before when I didn't have kids where I would basically just spend, get everything done and then go home and not have to worry about it. So just figuring out what works best for you in your life, uh, I think you'll find the right stride and balance. Great. Thank you guys so much. If you had to summarize all of this for a few key takeaway points or key strategies for our listeners to try and implement in their daily lives, what would you include? I think some of the main things I would do is say that we're all working in an imperfect world and imperfect times. And so just do your best to keep your head above water, focusing on what's most important to you. So certainly family is always going to come to the top, friends, uh, taking excellent care of patients. Life certainly has become more and more complex. And as time has gone on with COVID and other things, I think that's been really probably a struggle for a lot of us during that period of time. But just try to really hone in on what's the most rewarding part of your job and home life, and that will help keep you grounded. And then hopefully some of these skills to keep you more efficient will give you more time to do the things that you love with the people that you love. That was great, Carrie. I think the only thing I wanted to add was that there's a great quote that I love that says, you cannot float through each day like a piece of seaweed drifting on the sea of changing priorities. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today in the Dialogues of Dermatology podcast. And a huge thank you to Carrie and Kanya for taking the time out of their busy schedules, and also for this wonderful information for our listeners. I hope we can all take away a new strategy to help manage our ever busy and changing lives. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We hope you have enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. 
This is Todd Schlesinger, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcasts. We hope you enjoy these new options for listening to Dialogues and the increasing content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.